Section three of the Letters of Jane Austen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Elizabeth Clatt. Letter six. Ball and George, Dartford, Wednesday, October twenty fourth, seventeen ninety eight. My dear Cassandra, you have already heard from Daniel. I conclude in what excellent time we reached and quitted Sittingbourne, and how very well my mother bore her journey thither. I am now able to send you a continuation of the same good account of her. She was very little fatigued on her arrival at this place, has been refreshed by a comfortable dinner, and now seems quite stout. It wanted five minutes of twelve when we left Sittingbourne, from whence we had a famous pair of horses, which took us to Rochester in an hour and a quarter. The postboy seemed determined to show my mother that Kentish drivers were not always tedious, and really drove as fast as cacks. Our next stage was not quite so expeditiously performed. The road was heavy, and our horses very indifferent. However, we were in such good time, and my mother bore her journey so well, that expedition was of little importance to us. And as it was, we were very little more than two hours and a half coming hither and it was scarcely past four when we stopped at the inn. My mother took some of her bitters at Ospringe, and some more at Rochester, and she ate some bread several times. We have got apartments up two pair of stairs, as we could not be otherwise accommodated with a sitting-room and bedchambers on the same floor which we wished to be. We have one double-bedded and one single-bedded room. In the former my mother and I are to sleep. I shall leave you to guess who is to occupy the other. We sat down to dinner a little after five, and had some beefsteaks and a boiled fowl, but no oyster sauce. I should have begun my letter soon after our arrival, but for a little adventure which prevented me. After we had been here a quarter of an hour, it was discovered that my writing and dressing-boxes had been by accident put into a chaise which was just packing off as we came in, and were driven away toward Gravesend in their way to the West Indies. No part of my property could have been such a prize before, for in my writing-box was all my worldly wealth, seven pounds, and my dear Harry's deputation. Mr. Notley immediately dispatched a man and horse after the chaise, and in a half an hour's time I had the pleasure of being as rich as ever. They were got about two or three miles off. My day's journey has been pleasanter in every respect than I expected. I have been very little crowded, and by no means unhappy. Your watchfulness with regard to the weather on our accounts was very kind, and very effectual. We had one heavy shower on leaving Sittingbourne, but afterwards the clouds cleared away, and we had a very bright crystal afternoon. My father is now reading the midnight bell, which he has got from the library, and my mother sitting by the fire. Our route to-morrow is not determined. We have none of us much inclination for London, and if Mr. Notley will give us leave, I think we shall go to Staines through Croydon and Kingston, which will be much pleasanter than any other way, but he is decidedly for Clapham and Battersea. God bless you all. Yours affectionately, J. A. I flatter myself that Itty Dordy will not forget me, at least under a week. Kiss him for me. Letter Seven. Steventon. Saturday, October twenty-seventh. My dear Cassandra, Your letter was a most agreeable surprise to me to-day, and I have taken a long sheet of paper to show my gratitude. 
We arrived here yesterday between four and five, but I cannot send you quite so triumphant an account of our last day's journey as of the first and second. Soon after I had finished my letter from Staines, my mother began to suffer from the exercise or fatigue of travelling, and she was a good deal indisposed. She had not a very good night at Staines, but bore her journey better than I had expected, and at Basingstoke, where we stopped more than half an hour, received much comfort from a mess of broth, and the sight of Mr. Lyford, who recommended her to take twelve drops of laudanum when she went to bed as a composer, which she accordingly did. James called on us just as we were going to tea, and my mother was well enough to talk very cheerfully to him before she went to bed. James seems to have taken to his old trick of coming to Steventon in spite of Mary's reproaches, for he was here before breakfast, and is now paying us a second visit. They were to have dined here to-day, but the weather is too bad. I have had the pleasure of hearing that Martha is with them. James fetched her from Ibthorpe on Thursday, and she will stay with them till she removes to Kintbury. We met with no adventures at all in our journey yesterday, except that our trunk had once nearly slipped off, and we were obliged to stop at Hartley to have our wheels greased. Whilst my mother and Mr. Lyford were together, I went to Mrs. Ryder's, and bought what I intended to buy, but not in much perfection. There were no narrow braces for children, and scarcely any knotting silk. But Miss Wood, as usual, is going to town very soon, and will lay in a fresh stock. I gave two shillings threepence a yard for my flannel, and I fancy it is not very good. But it is so disgraceful and contemptible an article in itself, that its being comparatively good or bad is of little importance. I bought some Japan ink likewise, and next week shall begin my operations on my hat, on which you know my principal hopes of happiness depend. I am very grand indeed. I had the dignity of dropping out my mother's laudanum last night. I carry about the keys of the wine and closet, and twice since I began this letter have had orders to give in to the kitchen. Our dinner was very good yesterday, and the chicken boiled perfectly tender. Therefore I shall not be obliged to dismiss Nanny on that account. Almost everything was unpacked and put away last night. Nanny chose to do it, and I was not sorry to be busy. I have unpacked the gloves, and placed yours in your drawer. Their colour is light and pretty, and I believe exactly what we fixed on. Your letter was chaperoned here by one from Mrs. Cook, in which she says that Battle Ridge is not to come out before January, and she is so little satisfied with Cawthorne's dilatoriness that she never means to employ him again. Mrs. Hall, of Sherburn, was brought to bed yesterday of a dead child, some weeks before she expected, owing to a fright. I suppose she happened unawares to look at her husband. There has been a great deal of rain here for this last fortnight, much more than in Kent, and, indeed, we found the roads all the way from Staines most disgracefully dirty. Steventon Lane has its full share of it, and I don't know when I shall be able to get to Dean. I hear that Martha is in better looks and spirits than she has enjoyed for a long time, and I flatter myself she will now be able to jest openly about Mr. W. The spectacles which Molly found are my mother's, the scissors my father's. We are very glad to hear such a good account of your patience, little and great. My dear Itty Dordy's remembrance of me is very pleasing to me, foolishly pleasing, because I know it will be over so soon. My attachment to him will be more durable. I shall think with tenderness and delight on his beautiful and smiling countenance and interesting manner. 
until a few years have turned him into an ungovernable, ungracious fellow. The books from Winton are all unpacked and put away. The binding has compressed them most conveniently, and there is now very good room in the bookcase for all that we wish to have there. I believe the servants were very glad to see us. Nanny was, I am sure. She confesses that it was very dull, and yet she had her child with her till last Sunday. I understand that there are some grapes left, but I believe not many. They must be gathered as soon as possible, or the rain will entirely rot them. I am quite angry with myself for not writing closer. Why is my alphabet so much more sprawly than yours? Dame Tilbury's daughter has lain in. Shall I give her any of your baby clothes? The lace-man was here only a few days ago. How unfortunate for both of us that he came so soon! Dame Bushell washes for us only one week more, as Suki has got a place. John Stevens' wife undertakes our purification. She does not look as if anything she touched would ever be clean, but who knows? We do not seem likely to have any other maid-servant at present, but Dame Staples will supply the place of one. Mary has hired a young girl from Ash, who has never been out to service, to be her scrub but James fears her not being strong enough for the place. Earl Harwood has been to Dean lately, as I think Mary wrote his word, and his family then told him that they would receive his wife, if she continued to behave well for another year. He was very grateful, as well he might. Their behaviour throughout the whole affair has been particularly kind. Earl and his wife live in the most private manner imaginable at Portsmouth, without keeping a servant of any kind. What a prodigious innate love of virtue she must have, to marry under such circumstances! It is now Saturday evening, but I wrote the chief of this in the morning. My mother is not beat down at all to-day. The laudanum made her sleep a good deal, and upon the whole I think she is better. My father and I dined by ourselves. How strange! He and John Bond are now very happy together, for I have just heard the heavy step of the latter along the passage. James Digweed called to-day, and I gave him his brother's deputation. Charles Harwood, too, has just called to ask how we are, in his way from Dummer, where he has been conveying Miss Garrett, who is going to return to her former residence in Kent. I will leave off, or I shall not have room to add a word to-morrow. Sunday. My mother has had a very good night, and feels much better to-day. I have received my aunt's letter, and thank you for your scrap. I will write to Charles soon. Pray give Fanny and Edward a kiss from me, and ask George if he has got a new song for me. Tis really very kind of my aunt to ask us to Bath again, a kindness that deserves a better return than to profit by it. Yours ever, J. A. End of section 3